Hello, welcome to Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. Our show's promise is a dedication to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for service, and how Rotary has been the organization to bring it together. I'm Kelly Tanky, and with me is... Joseph Kirk. And today, we have a very special guest with us, Tim McCrone. We are very excited to have you on. For our listeners from our last episode, you may have heard me say, it was my hope and dream to have Tim on. <laughs> we make things happen, people. We do. We do. <laughs> we were quick as whips getting him on here. And um, much thanks to Lloyd Campbell for um, facilitating that. So Welcome. Thank Welcome. you so much, Kelly. It's just great to be here. The last time I had a chance to meet somebody's hopes and dreams was when I married my wife, and I've been such a disappointment to her. <laughs> and so this is an opportunity, a clean slate to uh, to meet the hopes and dreams of somebody else. So thanks for having me here today, Kelly. We're excited, and you will not be a disappointment. I promise <laughs> that. We're excited for our listeners to uh, get to know you a little bit better. So really, this first segment is going to be a all about getting to know Tim. And so um, I do have some questions for you. We have some questions for you, I should say. So kind of a icebreaker, getting to know you a little bit better. Some of them can be more like rapid fire, like quick. (laughs) So uh, first one, though, what is your career and or slash role outside of Rotary? Well, I'm a retired law enforcement officer. Wonderful. And I uh, retired uh, 10 years ago, and that was a calling for me. I did it for over 30 years. Okay. And, um, and when it ended, um, I, uh, I doubled down on all my service. Cool. Very cool. Um, explain, explain what you're doing with Rotary and why we have you on the show here today. So for about five years um, prior to retirement, um, I had been a Rotarian for probably 15, 20 years by that point. I um, I was very interested in Rotary's polio eradication initiative, and I had been begging to be a part of the district team for about five years before I got the opportunity to be the polio chairman for the district in 2012. Mm. I serve at the leisure of the district governor, and so far they haven't fired me. <laughs> and you got everything you wanted. It's, it's funny. You got to be really careful with Rotary on asking for what you want because you typically get it. <laughs> yes, yes. This is, this right here is a pure example of that. By the way, so uh, Tim, why don't you share with our listeners how is it that you found Rotary? I was uh, pretty unfamiliar with Rotary. I was a uh, young police officer in my like about twenty three, I think, at the time, and I uh, got a call from. A uh, family doctor in Shakopee, which is the town I grew up in. Me too. Is Look that right, that. Joe? Sir. I just did not know that. Well, so. that answers one of my questions. So check. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the doctor, uh, uh, Tony Spagnolo, was the um, he was a Rotarian, and he um, and he said, "I'm putting together a group study exchange team to go to Chile." Now, this is a team of five young professionals and I understand that you've been in your business about three to five years and I said yes and he said I'd like you to apply and so I ended up going to Chile South America uh, for six weeks 
on a group study exchange, along with uh, four other uh, uh, people who of different uh, backgrounds. There was a f- there was a nuclear pharmacist. There was a chamber of commerce guy. There was a, it was a wide variety of people that went down there, led by Dr. Tony Spagnolo, the Rotarian. Well, two years later, that was 1985. Two years later, 1987, I had moved my young family into Chanhassen, Minnesota. And uh, I got a call from a, a guy who had been my supervisor in police work. He was now the chief of the Chanhassen Police Department. And he said, would you be interested in uh, joining the local Rotary Club? They're starting a club. Hmm. And I thought, well, I should try and give back for that experience that I had. Yeah. So I became a charter member of the Chanhassen Rotary in 1987. Uh, today I'm the last remaining charter member of that club. Wow. wow. So wow. You're, you're the last of, the, of, of that. Wow, that's amazing. And, and what's really interesting too is I, I thought of a, you know, and it's our tagline, it's searching for service. Mm-hmm. You were searching for service and it found you. Exactly. That's exactly true. I do want to acknowledge what an introduction, by the way, to Rotary, the opportunity to go down to Chile. That's incredible. (laughs) That's so not unusual um, because Rotary does so much for non-Rotarians. If you think Mm -hmm. about all of the youth exchanges that are done, and now they call them vocational technical training teams uh, instead of group study exchange. But for young professionals, you think about the um, global scholarship, ambassadorial scholarships. All these things are done for non-Rotarians. Not that unusual. Okay. Okay. So um, just on the heels of that, too, as an introduction to how you got into Rotary, um, I'm certain that in that experience, you weren't sure what exactly to expect when it came to Rotary. So um, what did you expect and for what purpose? Well, I thought I would be in Rotary for about a year. <laughs> it's been 30-some 30, 30 yeah. years now. Uh, that was my first expectation. And um, a lot of Rotary has been uh, baptism by fire. <laughs> it's not... Uh, Hello, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's something I still still see on occasion. I wish we did that better. But, uh, and you know, when now 30 years later, I've been not only... In every role, just about every role that my club has to offer, I've been club president three times, once every 10 years. Fascinating. And, and, and for those out there who think, I'm never doing that again, I have to tell you that my third time was the most enjoyable time huh. just five years ago. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure it's like you've done it and, yeah. and you, you, you get through all the, the difficulty and it's, it's like having a baby. It's, you, you, oh, I'm never doing this again. And then, you know, they get a little bit older and you're like, ah, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you have answered um, which club you're a part of and how long you've been a member. What's been the biggest surprise and value that you have discovered through becoming a Rotarian? I am a street cop at heart, a local street cop. Yeah. Rotary opened up the world to me. It gave me the sense that I could make a difference in somebody's life on a, and, and uh, play an important role in serving others on not just a local platform, but an international platform. What a great answer. <laughs> what's been, your, so what's been the, the favorite thing that you've served on um, internationally, if, if getting out of the local community for yourself? Like what's been, what's 
Is it polio? Is it um, polio has been the by yeah by far it's been the most um, gratifying. It's been uh, the largest international initiative that I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, okay, so just a couple of what I like to call rapid fire questions: mountains or beach? Mountains. Okay. Sweet or salty? Salty. Okay. <laughs> now you get to answer why. How about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Why mountains? Well, let's see. When I picture a beach, I picture laying on that beach, which is so unlike me. I have to be doing something. Okay. Mountains uh, would indicate like climbing. Yeah. yeah. Opportunities yeah. for and, exercise. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I think of uh, what 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 uh, taps into my taste buds what gets me salivating something salty mcdonald's fries (laughs) yeah that's what i'm talking about love it um all right so back to some of these what i like to call core questions um why did you volunteer to be a host on this podcast? Or sorry, a, a guest. Oh, I just this was well, like a host. Well, <laughs> is, is there something I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is our uh, in my world, which is promotion of polio eradication initiative mm-hmm. of Rotary. This is the gold standard. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for me. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a it's a great platform to get the word out and help spread it too. So. Well, and we're excited to to speak more about what Rotary does in specifics with polio, what your role has been, and what your hopes and dreams are um, for Rotary and defeating polio ultimately um, in the next segment here. So yeah. as we... We're, yeah, we're about ready to wrap up. So I, I'd like to just end with this question. Advice for someone looking for a service organization. Rotary has been a remarkable vehicle by which to meet my needs for service. And my need for service is such that my... Um, any troubles I have are put into this perspective when I am serving others that my own troubles just fade into the background. And I realize how fortunate and lucky I have been in my life and blessed and the opportunity to serve and help others um, satisfies a great need within me. And I, I hope that people are also moved that way. Love it. And we're about ready to wrap wrap up on this first segment. So uh, you are listening to Searching for Service. I am Kelly Tinky, and with me is Joseph Kirk. And we're excited for our next segment to get a little bit deeper into what it is Tim does. Well, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Tanky, and with me... Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform, radio platform. And we love five-star reviews. Thank you. <laughs> I had a little bit of a <laughs> blank moment there for a second. I got second. you. <laughs> All right, Joe, do you want to dive into what we are going to be um, unraveling here in this next segment? Yeah, Tim, I think it's 
I think it's time to talk a little bit more about polio, rotary. Um, your you role. Know, your role, what rotary's objectives are with polio, who our partners are. I mean, we, we'll kind of break this down a little bit. And I, I know that you have a little bit of insight into all of this and can, can give us some a good overview for our listeners. So fire away. Help. Happy to help. So, yeah, you want me to right dig in? Just do, just give us the overview of uh, Ro- Ro- Rotary's um, initiative with polio and then how Great. do you fit in that? So, okay, this is a, what I'd like to say is that um, we never know who your audience is and the limited amount of information they might have at this particular point about polio. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you the sort of the, uh, the fast and dirty deal about it. Love it. So we have um, the case of uh, polio. Polio is a disease that affects your central nervous system and it might show up in, in a leg and an arm and on you know, various parts of your body. It might show up in your ability to breathe. Um, one in 200 people are actually adversely affected, which means that the others are carriers. The 199 others are carriers. So you have one, one person is adversely affected. Well, this was a scourge in the 1940s and 50s, in, in the early 1950s, in the United States and around the world. Two doctors, Dr. Salk and Dr. Sabin, developed two different but effective vaccines to prevent polio. So Dr. Salk and Dr. Sabin, 1955-ish, uh, they make this vaccine available to the world. So one would think that now 30 years, let's take you 30 years down the road, 1985, you would think that the world with two cheap and effective vaccines would be already have eradicated polio. But 1985, there were 387,000 cases in 125 countries that the World Health Organization called endemic. Now, that word means common, normally occurring, and expected in a given population. Mm-hmm. Really. So we normalized it. Normalized it. Hmm. It was Rotary International that said... That's just a geopolitical problem to solve. So Rotary literally drags World Health Organization into it and makes a commitment, a promise, to eradicate polio in the world. So now we're a little over 30 years since then, and now we're down to 29 cases in two countries. Actually, four countries, but only two of those countries are endemic. That is fascinating, and I think... For me, as one, a new Rotarian, and two, an individual that knows very little about polio, it's fascinating to hear the, like, how it got started and the timeline of where it is at now. Incredible. Everything's context, right? You have to put it in context. So if you don't understand the context, if I told you that for the last 30 years, there's always been 29 cases per year, that's so different Mm -hmm. than telling you that 30 years ago, there are 387,000 cases in 125 countries, and now we're down to 29 in three or four countries. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What are the obstacles that are keeping it from being completely eradicated? It is almost supernatural. The The fight is almost supernatural. The things that have come up that are obstacles to getting the job done are things that you could never have envisioned at the beginning. Myth. You're here to sterilize our children. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's, that's something to overcome. Uh, anti-immunization movements. Never could have envisioned that in yeah. the beginning. Fatigue. Mm-hmm. We didn't think it was going to take this long. 
fatigue. So keeping up the energy to finish this fight, that's a hard thing. Apathy. We didn't think that we would be up against apathy on the part of those who have no frame of reference. So these that, are that literally is me though, Tim, by the way. Same. And not you know, I, I find myself to be an individual that can be highly empathetic, but when you're not surrounded by um, you're not surrounded by the initiative and you have no background to draw from. It's, it's so tough. different than if you were to were to wait you and your and your brother or sister were to wake up one morning and yeah. one of them can't move. Yeah. And, and going, you remember that from the time you were seven. Yeah. That's so different than the rea- and then most people's reality today. They don't have a frame of reference like that. Well, and I think we have to put a little bit in perspective that the, the fact that Kelly and I were under 40 years old and we have little to no understanding of what polio is or experience around it, that should be a marker of progress and victory in of itself. But I know that the initiative is to eradicate polio. And so getting to that last 1%, like what's your advice to somebody that's listening right now and going, well, how can I have a meaningful impact if, you know, we're almost there and it mm-hmm. sounds like that we've rallied all of the troops that we can. Um, so how do, how do we and how does the listener or, you know, somebody that's pretty out of the loop become involved or um, – feel like that they can make a difference? So a couple of things come to mind, Joe. One is that when you join an organization, it's much like joining, like getting in, getting hired for employment. And when you do that, you adopt, you adopt the, um, the priorities and the initiatives of the organization in which you're joining. It's, uh, to me, it's, it's an integrity piece. So if the organization says that this is the thing that we're doing, the lowest, uh, the lowest uh, ranking member of the organization is not supposed to say, well, that's fine and dandy, but it's really not about – it's not my thing. <laughs> because mm-hmm. they've joined that organization and this is what the organization has said is a priority, is an initiative. And we can't take our eye off this ball. Um, the minute that we do, we have these pop-ups that occur. We've had them in Mozambique. We've had them in Malawi now. And they are illustrations of how we can't take our eye off the ball. Syria hadn't had a case of polio in 10 years. And then they gave, they sort of went lax. They had, some, they had a war. And then they went lax on immunizations. And boom, 22 cases of polio pop up. You know, and it's just served to illustrate how we can't stop. And it's been such a, a passion, a number one thing that we do in Rotary, that if we fail, the consequences of failure are really serious for the next thing that we want to do. How are you mm-hmm. going to garner the energy and initiative and drive amongst your members if you fail at the thing that you said that you were going to do, that you promised the world that you were going to do, it just takes so much away. And conversely, once we satisfy this initiative, once we finish it, we are building energy and excitement for, hey, guys, what do you want to take on next? Huh. Well, and yes. really quick before we talk about that is what do you think it's going to take to get complete eradication? And, you know, 
I think that this is always a little bit of a sore subject because we do start nibbling around the edges of, um, I don't want to say forcing, but you, you, like we're getting, we're getting to the point where every willing and able participant has participated and we're now down to the unwilling and, um, the people that don't see it as what we do. So what, what, what will it take? I said it earlier, I was a law enforcement officer, and one of the tips that a mentor gave me a long time, if you can't figure it out, take a look at the money. If it doesn't make sense, take a look at the money. And and so follow the money. Now, we need the, we need the money. And half of our clubs in our district don't contribute as clubs, even though that they're asked to give $1,500 uh, per club annually from whatever fundraising they do. It doesn't have to be a polio fundraiser, mm-hmm. but everybody's supposed to meet that. Now, while Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation just announced that they're giving $1.2 billion uh, to end polio, that's about 25% of what we need to finish the job, hmm. to put it into perspective. We need three to, f- in, in the terms of time, we need three to five years without a case of tested polio in the environment. So polio virus does need a human host, can only survive for a short period of time in the environment. But uh, once it's gone from the environment, then it's gone from the world. That's a um, nice little way for us to wrap up just this segment and then pull into our next segment. Yeah, and that so, was great insight. That was really and great. That, that helped me understand a little bit better of the importance of um, eradication of polio. Yes. You are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joseph Kirk. Thank you. <laughs> well, hello and welcome back. You are listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. My name is Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joseph Kirk. And this next segment I feel like is going to be ultra special. We're going to dive into a little bit more about Tim and his role with polio. And there's a fun story, too. So a very passionate story. And I think it's really important for our listeners to hear that. And so, um, Tim, tell us a little bit more about what your specific role is within Rotary and polio. So I, yeah, so as a, I'm a member of Rotary, uh, as you guys are. Uh, Chanhassen Rotary is my home club. And so uh, I've served in many capacities within my Rotary club. And then there's these opportunities that exist at the district level. And one of the things that, and I've served in many of them, one of the ones that really uh, struck me uh, that I became passionate about many years ago now, is the polio eradication effort. So I became the polio chair for the Rotary District 10 years ago. So I serve at the leisure of the district governor. Uh, so the district governors come and they ask me, Tim, would you would you continue in this role? And I've been mm-hmm. fortunate that the last uh, 10 district governors have asked me to do so. And in that role, what I do is I uh, keep this message of polio eradication alive within clubs, do whatever I can to promote uh, and keep it uh, out front for everybody. When presidents go to their president-elect training seminar, 
pets, we call it, when they go to that, they are actually supposed to put down a polio goal, like a polio fundraising goal for their year. They're actually supposed to write that down. And uh, as you know, the polio uh, eradication fund is part of the Rotary Foundation. So contributions to that also qualify for Paul Harris Fellowship Award and, and such. They go towards the Rotary Foundation giving. So I contact the presidents and I say, like, how can I help you? I have, uh, I have probably four or five different types of speeches that I can help you. Do you want it to be a five-minute, 10-minute, 20-minute full program? I serve the presidents and what they want. Do you need some bling? Do you need some bling, some, ro- some polio bling? <laughs> I love it. I will bring that to you. T-shirts, um, brochures, caps. You know, I'm that guy that they contact because they have, they have, as president, an obligation to meet. And I am there to support them in meeting that. Or you can have Dracula show up and tell you how spooky <laughs> polio is. So at this time of the year, it is one of the speeches I do, which is, uh, Dracula um, Dracula appears on camera and talks about a personified polio. So it goes like this. I was at the conference for Especially Evil in Las Vegas last year, mm-hmm. and I met polio. He was presenting on victim selection, and I asked him t- to have a drink with me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Clever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, I, that was um, a nice little lead into your story, your story and why you're so passionate for polio and the efforts around polio. I have to take a deep breath. It's, uh, it's, it's one that even I've told so many times, but it, 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 does, it does get me every time, which is I have to take you back to 1946. 1946, um, polio was... Uh, Quite the the scourge. And there was epidemics in in Minnesota and around the world in 1946. And um, a young uh, young gal, she was 11 years old. She and her 14 year old brother were walking home from school um, to their Minnesota farm in Foley, Minnesota. It was about a mile and a half walk. And um, one of the things, the topics between these two was the the tractor. The 1946 farm wall that was that was going to be ordered. Now you got to put it in perspective. A t- new tractor on the farm. You see, World War II had taken all steel resources, and so the idea of getting a tractor made of steel was a very lofty dream. <laughs> and so, but the more that the 14-year-old talked about that new tractor, the heavier that 11-year-old girl's legs got. Finally, she said, "Shut up! Shut up!" I don't want to hear about that tractor. I hope we never get a tractor. Her brother was completely confused by what this, what this meant, and he ran off to the farmhouse without her. And she did not understand that she has a little gift of premonition. Because on the day that the tractor did arrive in the fall, her brother was too sick. He barely climbed up on it to sit in on the new tractor, and she climbed up next to him. And he says, I'll teach you how to drive it tomorrow. And so the next day they took her brother to Doc Foley, um, the doctor in Foley, and he diagnosed it as polio in this 14-year-old. 
And he said there's nothing that he could do and nothing that St. Cloud Hospital could do, but maybe if they take him down to the University of Minnesota, which was working on a cure for polio. So that's where they went by ambulance, mom and dad and the 14-year-old. The 11-year-old girl climbed up into the oak tree across the driveway from the farmhouse into a crude fort that she and her brother had made. In the fall, it was full of foliage, and she started to pray. She never prayed so hard for anything in her life. Her parents arrived back to the farmhouse without her brother, and the next day the news arrived that he had died of polio. That 14-year-old, when when the 11-year-old girl eventually got married, she named her first son in memory of her brother, and her first son is me, and my name is Tim, and the 14-year-old was my uncle Tim, and he died of polio. <laughs> Something as, uh, my, my mom is as strong uh, a person as you would ever want to meet. Um, this was a huge crisis in her life, and uh, who wouldn't want to take on whatever makes your mama cry? Oh, my God. <laughs> so that has... That has fueled my passion. My mom is still around, and I get to share um, the stories of our success. Uh, you know, you said, uh, Joe, earlier, you said we're, you know, we're just about down to 1%. We're like down to one-tenth of 1%, you know. <laughs> it's just a remarkable story when you look at the context, um, what Rotary really has accomplished. It's really Rotary that has brought together this consortium of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. It's Rotary that told World Health Organization this is possible and dragged in Centers for Disease Control, UNICEF, every government of every country in the world, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's Rotary. Ooh, um First and foremost, that was my first time hearing that story, and um, I had to... I had to figure out how I was going to compose myself before starting to talk. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I, I was very curious on um, how, <clears throat> like, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had come to fruition. And so it's it's fascinating to hear um, that story. It really is. And you can tell how passionate you are about it. Um, what's one of the things that's really tough about a show, a show like this is you can't see the emotion, but you can certainly feel it and sense it and hear it. So, Well, and thank you for sharing the story. I think everybody that is out there that is saying, you know, what's what's the connection? And if, if, mm-hmm. if you don't connect to that story, I don't know. <laughs> You're not alive. Yeah, you and are Dracula. <laughs> you, you are Dracula. You are Dracula. <laughs> and um, you know, I think what you spoke to in that as well is Rotary is the vehicle. Rotary isn't always the um, the the direct. You know, like the health, the World Health Organization obviously had to play a huge part in in this initiative. You know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That, that, that all has played a huge, huge role, but we've been the conduit and the connector. And I mean, for all of you out there that uh, it's, it's about connecting and it's, a, it was so great to connect to your story. It's so great to connect, um, be able to connect that story to Rotary and to be able to do something with it. 
and to i mean it's it's just completely inspiring to i mean i hope everybody the, listening to this is inspired and we can all give tim you know the 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 privilege of telling his mom that polio's gone yeah. <laughs> Boy, that'll be that'll be really something to be able to tell her, tell her that someday. Yeah. Well, and and like we say in the beginning of our intro, it's all about our dedication to sharing stories and experiences and the opportunities for service. Um who's who's a part of that. So Well, and and to tease the the last segment here is, you know, when you tell your mom that polio is gone, of what's going to be next for Rotary? What's going to be the next thing? <clears throat> and what's in your heart for uh, Rotary to chew on? Let's when, talk when, about when, that. When, when polio is gone. We will. All right. You're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joseph Kirk. Welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm your host, Kelly Tinky. And I'm her co-host, Joe Kirk. And you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And as a reminder, we do love five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. I'll take a four-star review. I feel like that's pretty good, too. No, no. But we want five-star reviews. No, no. Nothing less than five. Five, five gold stars. <laughs> In our next segment, I'm really going to pass the baton off to Joe, and we are going to talk about what? Tim, you know, I feel like that we would be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't catch you a little off guard. I got one question <laughs> for you that we didn't prep you for, and it's how do you deal with people that either don't believe in vaccinations, don't believe in, in the polio eradication product or project, and how do you get them on board to serve in meaningful ways anyway that lead towards helping polio? That's such a great question, Joe. Thank you for asking it. I want to tell you about, I think it was my second time as president of the Chanhassen Rotary Club, and I had a, uh, I was doing my due diligence of raising funds uh, in November for the Rotary Foundation. And uh, a member... When was this, by the way? Oh, this would have been about 15 years ago. Okay. And uh, I had a member ask me, uh, I don't think we should be involved in this polio eradication effort. Didn't just say it to me, put it out in an email blast to to the entire club. So this sort of rocks the president's world. What do you do with that? Well, it really was where I started really digging in um, to uh, polio and everything about polio. And I fought, as uh, you know, my I have a law enforcement background, not afraid to step into a fight. <laughs> and uh, so a very, very public, very, very public fight uh, with this uh, member. And, um, and in the end, uh, did you think that I had convinced her? Uh, no. Kelly, you are absolutely right. Not only did I not convince her, but I also lost her as a member. Well, no, I have to do something better than that, I thought to myself, because we can't be losing members. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in climbing the learning curve about uh, about polio and finding out more detail about it and about also about how that member felt 
I decided that now my answer, when I encounter anti-vaxxers, whether they're Rotarians or whether they're not, I tell them, you know, we can actually, we can talk, we can talk for a long time about polio, and in the end, we probably won't convince one or another about our particular views, such as the state of the world, but if you understand that polio is spread primarily through unclean water, you can contribute to the Rotary Foundation, Safe Water and Sanitation, your earmark your money for that. Your money won't be going to vaccinations, but because polio is spread primarily through unclean water, you and I will be fighting this fight together and not against each other. Wow. That's that is so cool. <laughs> that is so, so cool. And a good um a good thing for our listeners to hear in terms of, well, maybe there are these specific efforts like polio that it just doesn't speak to my heart the way that it might for somebody else. But there are how many other different avenues? There are seven areas of service, yeah. they call it. There is literally, there's something for everybody. And the mm-hmm. most recent one, the um, uh, ecological, um, that's a, the new seventh area of service, environment. And uh, there's just something for everybody. A, a member can literally... Uh, start their own project to make a difference in the world in one of these areas of service. So there's no empty service is what you got to. And I, I want to just applaud you because we're in a world where absolutism seems to be running amok and you searched your soul and went, I know I'm right, but yeah. I'm never going to convince this person. And so I need to empathize understand their perspective, and come up with an alternative solution that serves everybody. Sounds that is incredibly this powerful. Been, this was a great lesson for me. I didn't come to this all by myself. I, had a, I was explaining to a friend that I was going to be the polio chair for the district, and I said, I have got to figure out how to do this better. And he said to me, you have to figure out how to bring them along for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Now, we can apply that to a lot of areas. Well, that sounds like a great way to drive leader, or leadership and membership within Rotary. And especially, you know, part of the show's objective is to debunk myths and yes. to flip the script on, you know, what that old school thought process around Rotary. Because I do think that we, we do suffer from a, an image problem. And it's because, one, we've been around for so long. We've been so impactful. <laughs> So it's it's now speaking to this younger generation. So this actually seg- segues me perfectly into the last question that I want to ask you is so when you tell your mom we're done with we're done with polio, we've done it, we've eradicated it. Ro- Rotary has accomplished its mission. What's the next thing that you would love to see Rotary go after? So that's uh, the question in a lot of people's minds and I was at the you know Rotary's or Rotary clubs are organized into districts. Districts are organized into zones. I happen to be at a zone event, a zone institute event here in Minneapolis recently. And one of the 12 directors of Rotary happened to be present there. And when we asked him that question, and he says, you know, Tim, I'm going to tell you a story. I was in a room at Rotary International with 32 people. And I asked that question, and we got 32 different answers. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's just, we, we need, we really need to, when I tell my mom this, it's probably going to be five years from now, God willing, she'll still be with us, um, that tell her that the polio eradication is complete and that'll be such a glorious day. 
But until that day, and I've been a little remiss into uh, addressing the next thing. Now, I, I talked to this director and I said, here's kind of my personal wish. I said, there is a lot of people that are positioning and vying for vying to be the next thing. I mean, we're so close on the ending polio thing. They're starting now to position themselves to be the next thing. Now, whether that happens to be Safe Water Initiative or whether that happens to be uh, an initiative to end human trafficking, there's, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. In this particular room, there was 32 people with different ideas about what that could be. The director said to me, he says, Tim, it might not look like that the next time around. We might not have a corporate initiative of that magnitude. It might look different. It might look like initiatives of scale, but not like we have experienced with polio. So I'm not going to let you get off that question. Um, what in your heart do, would you love to see Rotary, Rotary go after? <laughs> so, you know, it's, so it's, it's fun to be here as, as, as Tim Mulcrum, but I, you know, I serve the Rotary District and it doesn't serve – it it doesn't serve the um, the in the capacity of polio chair doesn't serve um, that position to speculate. It, it really doesn't. And I, I I'm sorry to to dodge the question, Joe, but it's uh, it's not for me to say. My thing my thing is polio. When it's ended, I hope to go to that place somewhere in Pakistan where they have a monument to the last case of polio mm. and have a big celebration. I love it. Now, I will say, be really careful what you ask for, because if we said that there isn't something currently that is at the scale of polio, the world has an interesting way of putting that into perspective for us. I just, I think that what we can all agree on is that Rotary will be ready for whatever that is, and at a drop of a hat, we will mobilize and well, you think go about get it. think about the having. And I'm talking in the future, having completely conquered polio, think about the energy that you have built for the next thing, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Think about the partners that Mm -hmm. now are saying, I want to be a part of that excitement. I want to leverage that. And um, I think it's going to be grand, whatever it is that we decide to do. Well, then I think our sole objective is to make sure that we get polio eradicated so that I can force the... Have you answered that question in the future? We'll have you back on. In five years, you can ask me, hey, Tim, what are you doing today since you're not eradicating polio anymore? We did talk about that, and we got just about a minute left here. Um, But we did talk about how fun it would be to have you back on, you know, in a couple of years to talk more about, yes, this is. We did it. We did it. So it'd be so cool. It's been a complete honor to have you on. It has been. I hope that. Thank you. I hope that our. our people listening to this have garnered a lot of value and understanding not only what Rotary does, what polio is all about, and then also that we are here to shed new light on you know, what seems to be an older subject. But it's, it's more important than ever now to get it eradicated. So hope my call to action to everybody is let's do this thing. Tim, thank you so much for being our first ever guest on the podcast. Thank you, we Kelly. appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. And I'll as, build a statue for you. Have I met person. your hopes and dreams? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> All of them. And as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, it's time to stop searching and start serving. Mm-hmm.